We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Bladen, how are you feeling about the Browns? I feel great. Oh, look at this guy. Oh, he's so awesome. <laughs> Take all the guys. Now, now to be oh, fair, Bladen has never not felt great about the Browns. Welcome back to a very special episode of Stay Hot. We're talking about day one draft coverage. I'm Matthew Sponauer here with TikTok extraordinaires, Theo Ash and Bladen Kirk. What's good, Matt? Not, not, the, not the state of the Green Bay Packers. That's what's not good. I'll start off by saying, <laughs> can, uh, I rant? Well, uh, can I Theo, rant for a Theo, second here? Yeah, just okay? go yeah, for let's it. Let, let's let the, yeah, just. So last year at about this time, you know, I was, I was excited for the Packers 2020 NFL draft. We were one game away from the, from the Super Bowl, uh, came up short and there were two positions on the team that really were solid. And that was having Aaron Rodgers at your quarterback as your quarterback and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams at the running back position. Right. And those were the two picks that they decided to go with in the first and second round. And they weren't even like well-regarded. Like it's not like Herbert fell to them and they took him. They reached on Jordan love and they reached on AJ Dillon. And that to me, as soon as it happens was, was an indefensible move by the front office. I don't think there is abs- any way to justify what they did. And, you know, fast forward a year later and Rogers of course proves that he still is Aaron Rodgers, wins MVP. And still the faith is not quite there from the organization, whether that be, you know, kicking the field goal on the fourth down, whether that be not giving him a contract extension. 
And, you know, if you're Rodgers and, and again, tonight, the first round of the NFL draft, drafting, reaching for a corner, Eric Stokes, like year after year after year after year, like I can see why this has reached a boiling point with Rodgers. And I would, I would love it if he would just shut up and take it. And, you know, I don't think the Packers are a bad roster at all. So I don't think you can say that they've gotten him no help. But when you're so close to the, to the Super Bowl and these are the, the directions they go and they don't go all in to win with him and instead when he's this close, they start planning for the future. I can see why he would just be like, trade me then if, if you're planning for the future when we're this close. So when those rumors broke today, that's just kind of a core memory for me as I'm sitting here watching the TV and Schefter comes on and says, Rogers is going to demand a trade. And I don't know if he, I don't know where this goes in the future, but I don't know. It's just, it's just incredibly frustrating. And I can see where his frustration comes from. And I'm also a little bit frustrated with him too, because I mean, we're not that far off from, from getting to the Super Bowl. I don't know, but that's just kind of, I'm, I don't quite have a solid take on it right now. Um, it's just incredibly disappointing from Rogers and the front office and the Packers organization is in the mud officially uh, down horrific. And I'm down a trot. I'm, I'm down bad. Everyone's down bad. Packers. <laughs> Theo's having the worst time right horrible. now. That was, that was, that was quite the that's, rant. That's that was rant. quite the rant. Seriously. Like, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I'm going to open. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Um, like, I, I get what they're trying to do. I get, you know, the Jordan Love move. I do understand, like, they don't want to be left with, you know, just, like, holding the bag, I guess, or left with no quarterback. But Rodgers hasn't, like, showed some signs of slow. It's not like all of a sudden Rodgers is starting to look, like, a little old. He just won MVP. Well, I mean, they drafted him, and then he went out and won MVP. Right. They're trying to build it for the future and also build for right now. And what's going to end up happening is they don't want to ring in either era. Like they're trying to skate an impossible line and that's just how it's going to go. They're not winning a ring with Rogers anymore. Like I just don't see it happening and they're probably not going to win a ring with Jordan love. Like I, I really think they just botched this and they tried to, they tried to have the same transition as far to Rogers, but it's, it's, it's hard to do. And I don't think they did it correctly. Well, maybe on a little bit of a brighter note, um, Bladen, how are you feeling about the Browns? I feel great. I <laughs> I know Theo's oh, having look a terrible this guy. time. Oh, he's so time. awesome. Take all the guys. Now, now to be fair, oh, Bladen has gosh. never not felt great about the Browns. Okay, okay. But this is also the first time in my life where the Browns have picked this late. Like that's, that's so we true. talked about this during the draft. That's not yep. an exaggeration. This is the first time in my life where the Browns have held the 26th year old pick. Man. 20 years old 20 years old grown ass adult never <laughs> had to first... stay up this late usually he's going to bed at 8 p.m like is this the first time in my life where the browns pick has been later than i am old like do you, probably I mean, do you not see... probably the first time since you turned into a teenager like, no because that's... they made the playoffs in like 2007 or something right yeah but no, like yeah probably since you turned they didn't, they didn't make the playoffs well then for sure that year you were six since you turned they a made teenager, the playoffs one yeah. year they made the playoffs and lost to the Steelers. 2002. 2002. 2002. What do you think really? about them so, passing? Okay, yeah, they had a higher pick then. They had a higher pick that year. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about them passing on a linebacker when they traded, when they picked up the Rams guy, uh, Troy Hill, right? They signed him. Yeah. They signed him for $9 million and now he's your cornerback four. Do you question that at all? I mean, yeah. I, I, I think the Browns wanted to mm. go just with a deeper secondary. 
um, at, you know, coming off a year where our secondary was maybe one of the worst in the league. You know, so I think that might have been, you know, a little bit of fear of, you know, we just got to stack up on our secondary and make sure we're really solid there, which I, I can understand, especially from an analytics perspective. I'm a big analytics guy and the analytics say that, you know, your defensive backcourt needs to be solid. That is the most important position on defense right now, especially with, you know, look, I mean, look, we, you know, almost beat the Chiefs. You know, if we go into next year, you know, going against the Chiefs and the Bills. You know, you need to have that good secondary. Those are two of the best quarterbacks in football. And you play Lamar twice a year. And Denzel Ward is injury prone. Greg Newsom is injury prone. And yeah. Greedy Williams is coming off. Greedy Williams. But yeah. yeah. So how about you, Matt? Panthers. They took JC Horn. Um, not the guy who is probably at the very top of your wish list, but how are you how are you feeling about Horn? I was going to release like a wish list, like an order and Horn wasn't going to be on there. Not because I have anything against Horner because I don't like the pick. I just wasn't expecting it. And this is usually what the Panthers do to me. Um, I would have liked fields. I'll be honest. Uh, fields. Like if I was the Panthers, I probably would have taken fields right there. Uh, but JC Horn is a very good player. He's very athletic. He did a good job against good receivers in the sec. And he fills a position of need. Plus, he's a South Carolina guy. You know, if I could be one of those fans who's really upset because we didn't pick the exact guy that I wanted, um, but taking into account, you know, how good of a prospect he is and how good of a fit he is for us, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. Yeah. Speaking of Fields, I mean, I think the Bears taking Fields is probably the big, like the move. It's big yeah. Move it was it everyone's going to remember. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I think that's first the, round. You know, the best value pick in the draft other than maybe Slater. Yeah. The fact they had to trade up for him takes a little bit of the value off of him. I think they yeah. gave him a first next year. Um, but and a little like, bit more. Yeah. And a little bit more, but like, but in terms again, of, but in terms of, I mean, you had to do it. Yeah. You get a franchise quarterback. You had to do yeah. it. And Dalton, they're not going to win anything with Dalton. And again, if they yeah. have a, and here's the thing about the bears. I think their coaching staff is not quite as bad as people think it is just because at the end of the year, I distinctly remember Mitchell Trubisky turning it around a little bit and Mitchell Trubisky yeah. had a run of some good games. Mm -hmm. And I went and watched those games and they started being a little bit more Shanahan, -y, a little bit more McVay esque with the play actions, which in my opinion, play action is kind of a cheat code. And they started having more rollouts and hitting like guys in the like easy pass. They started designing easy passes and Trubisky wasn't lighting stuff up and he still made dumb mistakes. But if they go into next season with fields and their coaching is as good as it was at the end of 2020, I think that, that, that offense goes from a big question mark to kind of a sneaky unit because their offensive line kind of pulled it together. A Rob is a fantastic wide receiver. So you know, the exactly. Bears all of a sudden are kind of a scary team, in my opinion. I don't know if I'd call them a scary team, but I I agree. Uh, you know, Trubisky won MVP for a reason. Uh, <laughs> but if I remember, I could be wrong. <laughs> Nagy gave up play calling, they and did, now yes. he's taking it back. That is true. From what yeah. I've, I could be, yeah, I think that's No, I right. think you're right about that. Looking at some of the other quarterbacks, though, um, Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars, we're not going to discuss that because yeah, we don't no like a surprise. Him. Um, yeah. Same thing with Zach Wilson to the Jets, unless you guys have anything to say about that. I feel like that was kind of known. <laughs> I, I kept teasing at the idea that they might take Mac Jones. I don't know why you were doing that, but but like Mac Jones, the stat <laughs> I saw today against like 
what was it, Bladen? Like against top ten teams. Oh, Zach, yeah, Zach Wilson against teams with more than ten wins. O for five, one for seven touchdown interception ratio, and yeah. like a sixty pa- passer rating. So I think we all knew that Wilson was going number two. I still don't like that pick. And number three, Lance was a little bit of a surprise. I think that um, he was someone that I I went back and forth so many times on this pick. I did end up having Lance in my mock, but I think that could be sneaky, like oh, elite not even, MVP. Yeah, I, like, I not even really sneaky. That Lance Lance no, just, has a, he's he's a big guy with very good mobility. He's got an extremely good arm, and he seems like a really smart guy. That is, yeah, you know, the perfect storm. I know he still has some accuracy issues. He's got some stuff to work through, but it seems like, you know, if a, with a guy that smart with Shanahan, he can work through it, and if he does, he's going to be insanely good. There is no yeah. limit to how good he could be. Stellar. Right, and I think that mobility aspect is such a game-changer with McVay and, and that kind of system where they can start adding even more misdirection with read option and even more motion. I think that, I think that Lance was kind of, I don't, I don't know if it would be a home run pick because I do slightly prefer fields to Lance, but i still do really like Lance. And I think, yeah, like you said, he's a combination of legs, arm and mentality. So I expect him to kind of have a great career on the 49ers for sure. Well, let's get to the last guy here taking in the first round at quarterback and one that I feel like I need to, I guess I got to walk uh, we, back. We all got exposed. We all got exposed. I thought for, oh, look, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I don't think that Mac Jones has like a lot of people like, Oh, it's the worst pick of the last 10 years. I saw multiple people say that on Twitter. I wouldn't say that, but I, I don't believe in Jones particularly like, and I, I wanted. To, I'm a Cam Newton guy. I wanted to see Cam get a chance this year, and I'm not saying that he yeah. can't, but I feel like uh, that's not a sign you know, of confidence. I, I think it's funny on our on our last show. You know, we did you know our mock draft, and you know, you 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 joked at the idea of me taking Mac Jones because I had the Patriots pick at 15. Because you hate Mac Jones, and uh, <laughs> they ended up taking Mac Jones. I just think it's. I don't know. To, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, we talked about this. It, it really makes no sense. It, it's like two totally different quarterbacks. Like, why? And it, it, that does make me wonder. I think you can, you, like, Cam and Mac are just totally different people and totally different. Yeah. Like, it's like just they're polar be, opposites. Like, literally could not get yeah. to. Yeah. And it's, I think it's kind of rare that you see a quarterback and his backup be just totally on different pages of the playbook and totally, like, they just can't do the same thing. So I feel like yeah. it's a lot of work if you're going to start with Cam and then move to Jones midway through the season. That's going to cut your playbook down or, you know, you're going to... So I, I don't know who's going to start there. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like it might be Cam to start and he's on a one-year deal and it'll be him until... I mean, we all know how it works. Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert... You know, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua, the list goes on and on where, you know, it starts with the rookie on the bench and by week four, it'll probably be Mac. And it'll be really interesting to see. How, I think that's what's going to end up happening. And it'll be really interesting to see how the Patriots, you know, adjust their offense for if and when that happens. I just I don't get the strategy of having Mac Jones and like is is Cam Newton the backup for Mac Jones? It doesn't make much sense to me. And they have uh, a lot of I picks. Guess, they could have traded up for fields. Probably. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. But. 
Regardless, let's talk a little bit I about. They, uh, I, I kind of thought Field would fall, but regardless, let's talk a little bit about uh, Sewell and Slater here for a minute. And Derek, some, some of yeah, some of the tackles that went here. Um, the Lions took Sewell at seven. Uh, they told me that I was going to go there, <laughs> but uh, they lied. I guess it just didn't end up working out like that. Hey, you still got regardless, the jersey though. Well, they didn't. They didn't yeah. say you would go in the first, did you? Yeah, yeah that's they implied it. Uh, (laughs) but uh i don't know with with the lions sewell is a very good player blue chip prospect at a position they need so i'm not gonna sit here and like bash it or anything but that roster has a ways to go a Um, long ways to go but i do like their offensive line they've got decker they've got um rag rag now i wait oh who is their center yeah you're right you're right you're right you're right okay yeah it is rag now um, they got Sewell yeah. now, and I mean those, and they got Swift, who's a good running back. So they can maybe lean on that running game and you know finish in the league top three in run, rushing attempts. It, yeah, and it's not that they have no maybe talent. win some games that way. They maybe have the worst receiving core in football right now. Yeah, as it Probably. stands. But Elijah Moore is still there, and they'll have a and Terrace Marshall is still there early in the second round. Yeah, and so yeah, they'll have opportunities. Yeah. But and Sewell, I don't think you could pass. Like Sewell is is hyper athletic big i mean he was 18 years old when he started against auburn at the beginning of the last time we saw him so like yeah. still super young um you know i i really like that pick for them so i thought maybe they would trade out but with with sewell there um i get i get that and with slater i was a little bit surprised to see him fall just because i heard that some teams were ahead of like had slater ahead of sewell so i kind of thought Slater was going to be a surprise kind of Andrew Thomas-esque pick where, you know, Wirfs was kind of the one expected to go first last year and it would a- ended up being Thomas. I thought we could see the same thing with Slater, but Slater actually fell a good deal about down the board. Yeah, I, I was kind of leaning towards maybe having Slater, you know, potentially being higher than Sewell. I actually had Slater, mo- I think you did as well with the, I had Slater mocked at six to the Dolphins. And then, you know, obviously they ended up taking Waddle and, you know, I understand, you know, trading back up to get a receiver. Um, yeah, I think a receiver adds more immediate value. I just thought it made more sense because their their O-line was hideously bad last year. Yeah, there's not a ton of talent there. Tua does get the ball out relatively quickly, though. So, like, he, might, he may, like, not really need the most elite of elite offensive line. And someone who can take yeah. a quick pass to the house might be more valuable. So I, I really like the Dolphins draft. And I think yeah. they had the best two picks in the first round or the best first round. But yeah. I mean, they, I, yeah, they, they did a good job. I just, yeah, a little bit surprised they didn't go O-line. For sure. And then Derisaw fell a ways to the Vikings. I had the, I had the oh. Vikings taking Derisaw, but I had it happening at 14. And Derisaw is someone who's super athletic. Um, he's, his technique is not perfect, but it's pretty good. There is a, and his, his hustle is really like high level. There was a play. I can't remember against two that I was watching where it was like a screen pass and he ran like the full length of the, the field to make a block at like the goal line, like super solid size and athleticism and technique. And I guess there's some questions about his work ethic is something i saw on twitter and who knows if that's real or not but at any at any rate i think the vikings were were lucky to be able to trade back get some more picks and still get derisaw that was another one of the 
one of the picks that yeah, I like. That, that was a really good move. And you you talked about the Vikings often do a really good job of drafting. But I think the big surprise is uh, Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders, we've come to, it's not a surprise that the Raiders surprise ever. I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't more surprising. Okay, yeah, it's not a surprise given it's the Raiders. I would say that the real surprise was probably ETN to the Jaguars. Um, I mean, we talked about this on Don't the stream. You know, I was reminded that they not only have James Robinson, but they have Carlos Hyde as well, who they went out and got. And I'm not saying Carlos Hyde is some guy where you need to plan your draft yeah. around him because he fills a position. <laughs> but uh, for a team that just got a very good running back uh, as an undrafted free agent, it does not make any sense that they turn around and then use a first-round draft pick on ETN, who I don't even think is some like super, super elite running back prospect. I mean, I like him. Uh, he does a lot of things well. I don't mean I don't think like he's going to be a bad player for them, but I just think from like a value standpoint and from like improving the team from what it is now, it doesn't really do a ton for them. I mean, G- James Robinson may have been their best player last year. Like <laughs> yeah. they were they were the worst yeah. team in the league. They had a good running back. <laughs> you should be avoiding drafting a running back in the first round anyway. So I mean, their right. safeties. Who are they? Three tackles. Who are they? Their corners, you know, who are they? Their linebackers, like Miles Jack, is pretty good. Uh, their pass rush, I know they have Josh Allen and Chase on, who is their first round pick. But the interior, like, who are they? Like, running back was just yeah. such a disaster pick. And maybe you guys, as Ohio State fans, can tell me a little bit more about the Urban Meyer mentality and what I'm, you think of him. But for me, this no just clue. seems like a, like, I don't know. This seems. It seems like a move only a new, like, it seems like a move only Urban Meyer would make and not a seasoned NFL. It, it, it is a move team. that you make if you literally do not under, like, it, it feels like someone playing Madden. It literally does. Like, to the point where, like, you don't understand how the actual NFL works. A, a team has not drafted a running back in the first round or paid a running back significant money and gone on to actually do well in recent years. It does not happen. You know, I actually have a couple concerns about Urban. Number one is that Urban Meyer's strength is a, as a recruiter. He's a fantastic recruiter. That does not matter in the NFL, uh, really. My second concern is that Urban Meyer, no matter who he has at quarterback, other than Dwayne Haskins when it was like literally impossible, wants to run his quarterbacks like crazy. Uh, I remember, if you remember 2015 Michigan State game, when they ran JT Barrett more times than Ezekiel oh Elliott and God. blew the season with a team that was more talented than their 2014 team that won the national title. That team had five yeah. players listed as cornerbacks, all of them first-round draft picks. Crazy team. Because he's obsessed with running these quarterbacks like crazy. If he does that to Trevor Lawrence, um, he could be in trouble. I don't think Trevor Lawrence uh, – he's a you know he's a tall quarterback. He's thin. But he, his, fr- his frame is not big enough to run yeah. like that. And, um, and and I bet you Urban tries it because he's an athletic guy. Yep. But yeah, that's yep. definitely something. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully Trevor learns to slide. I, I could see the Jaguars doing a lot of like triple option stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they bring Tebow in, they're going to start doing so some funny. Really oh my God, stuff. Tebow. We got to talk about Tebow. <laughs> oh that my. is the, the number Tebow, one. The Tebow move makes That is a lot crazier than the Rodgers move, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. Like Tim oh. Tebow was last in the league in what, 2012? He's going to play tight end. Imagine getting blocked by Tim Tebow. Imagine being an edge rusher and you're like, okay, I'm going to go get a sack. And and Tim Tebow is the one standing in your way. You've got to to be like, oh man, retire old man. Here we go. Like, I cannot imagine Tim Tebow lining up 
blocking for Travis Etienne. That is so cursed. That is <laughs> yeah, so I, cursed. <laughs> how about the how about the receivers too? That's those are you know cha- that was a position that was considered to be like pretty deep, but not that many receivers went. How many did go? Chase I... Waddle. Smith, Tony, Bateman? Uh, uh, yeah. Those were the only ones. I want to yeah, say someone else went. I could be wrong, though. That's on me. I think that's all of them. No, yeah. That's, yeah. All of them. Chase Waddle, Smith. Elijah Moore fell, who is really Tony. good, and Terrace Marshall fell, who's really good. Some team is going to get an absolute steal yeah. for them tomorrow. I was hoping Rashad Bateman could save the Packers organization. That was something <laughs> I was saying all night, is that the Packers will fold as a franchise unless they take Rashad Bateman and make Rodgers happy. But alas, they decided to take Eric Stokes. <laughs> so, but oh, Rashad God. Bateman's a baller at number 27. I literally think Devontae Adams is a good comp for him. And the Ravens, you know, super interesting team, the Ravens now that they have, you know, some, some help for Lamar, I guess. It's, you know, it's like Mark Andrews, Hollywood, Bateman, Duvernay is kind of a sleeper. Watkins. It's not a bad like. That's not that's not an empty cupboard. No. Yeah. I want to talk for a second about the Bengals real quick. Not necessarily about Chase. I think Chase is a good prospect. I know you're a little low on him, Theo. But even you can like he's 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 probably going to yeah. be a good. Yeah. A lot of people are sitting here saying like, oh, they should have gone Sewell. Do they not care about Joe Burrow? Almost certainly, Joe Burrow given the choice, would make them pick Chase. They probably wanted them to pick Chase. He for sure had input on that pick. It's his yeah. guy. And the idea, first off, the Bengals, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and vouch for their offensive line, but they do have two startable tackles right now. They do. Um, and they also have picks past the first round that they can add uh, onto this offensive line. And there's some good prospects who have fallen, I think. Uh, within their reach, so Certainly. I think I think people are really ready to do like the or make the Bengals offensive line sucks memes, uh, but I don't know yeah. how much. Like it might not be good. I, but I, 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 think, don't, I don't agree. With the, I think the, the one thing people thing. are forgetting: Joe Burrow got injured because of interior pressure. They didn't. He didn't get beat. He didn't get injured because someone got beat off the edge. He got injured because someone got beat inside. You know, you could obviously maybe you could move Sewell to guard. You know, if they had drafted Sewell, maybe you could have moved, you know, Slater to guard, whatever. Um, but realistically, you, you don't need to draft a tackle. Again, like you said, they have two startable tackles. You didn't need to draft a tackle. If you get a guard in the second round, you can develop in a year or two. That's fine. It's also a team that it had nothing in terms of big playability. And I know the, the number one thing everyone says is like, of course, he didn't have any big plays. He didn't have any time. They don't understand how pressure works if you say that because no quarterback is pressured every single time. Like how many yeah. attempts did Joe Burrow have without pressure? I'm going to look it up here real quick. It's probably like 500 or so snaps. It is 300. He had exactly 300 dropbacks with no pressure this year. And they did nothing down the field. So a down, a big, explosive, muscular, rack guy, deep threat guy like Chase will pretty much guarantee that they hit a couple more, really any big plays this season because there were a stark lack of them last year. And I honestly think Chase helps you get big plays more than a guard does. So no, again, I, I, this is a pick that, that the Bengals got clowned for. Um, even as someone who's not the world's biggest Chase fan, I didn't have him as my wide receiver one. He was like my wide receiver three or four. Um, I, I still don't hate this pick. 
Yeah. So uh, why don't why don't we why don't we talk about who your your winner is so far throughout the draft? I kind of want to lean Dolphins. Yeah, I know we talked about you know maybe they should have taken O line, but they got Waddle. Waddle's an excellent receiver. They got End. You know, you know, or I guess edge defender. They got an edge defender. And th- those were two positions I think they really needed to fill, and I think they, you know, they did a good job of filling positions of need with high-level players. That's something that I don't think every team did super well, and the Dolphins did it twice. Yeah, I think I'll say I think I'll say Washington just because I'm a Jamin Davis stan, and I think Jamin Davis is going to eat behind that defensive line where he's going to be kept clean, and he's he's just a, as good of an athlete as Micah Parsons is, just as good. You know, just as good in coverage, just as good as, or maybe even better in coverage and run support, in my opinion. And he's got a better defensive line in, t- in front of him to keep him clean. Um, Ron Rivera came out after the draft and said, Jamin Davis was the top defensive player on our board. That's how good he is. And I, he, well, he wasn't my top defensive player. That was Jalen Phillips. So I agree with you that Miami's are winners. But for the sake of being different, yeah. I really feel like that <laughs> Jamin Davis pick, I think that he's going to make Pro Bowls in his career. I'm going to go, uh, I might go a little bit of a, a sleeper. I, I could say, sit here and say the Bears because they got Justin Fields and really like my, okay, my winner is the Bears. Um, but I'm going to say the Bills. I really like the Rousseau move. Um, Let's I, I, go. Let's go. Rousseau gang. <laughs> yeah, Rousseau Theo, gang. Theo, you just made Theo's night. <laughs> Adding to a defensive line of a team that I, at least uh, Theo thinks, and I, I tend to agree, maybe run defense is a little bit of the concern. And you put him next to guys like Addison and Starr. I, th- I think that Rousseau has pretty high upside for a guy that you get at 30. And I think that he's going to a great place to develop. And for losers, um, I know that I think it's it's weird to say the Jaguars because they got like the best quarterback prospect of the like <laughs> in a long time. But like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make ETN the Hall of Fame. Pick, yeah, that ETN pick like, was yeah. like was like, what are you doing? But. I don't know if I can call them losers just because. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I think the Card- Cardinals drafting Zayvon Collins was just not a fantastic move, in my opinion. Like, I I can see Zayvon proving me wrong just because he's a rare body type, a rare body type. You don't get yeah. guys built like him. But that being said, because he's such a rare body type, I would have liked to seen him be a little bit more aggressive, be a little bit more physical against Tulsa competition. I just didn't really see Zaven, even though, you know, as an athlete, he's special. I didn't really see that translate in a major way on the field. Um, so I think, I think Arizona was kind of a loser in my opinion. You know, I, I would agree with you on the, on the, on the Jaguars. I uh, like, I want, I want to sit here and say like, yeah, the Jaguars made a really bad pick, uh, but I'm scared that Trevor Lawrence is going to become a hall of famer. And then 20 years from now, people are going to look back and be like, he said they were losers <laughs> and they, they drafted a hall of fame quarterback. So um, I'm going to go with the Broncos, even though I think Patrick Sertan is an awesome player. Like he's so I, regardless, they got a really good guy. Um, as of right now, they had Justin Fields on the board and Aaron Rodgers asking to get out of, uh, Green Bay. That team is a quarterback away. They failed to get a quarterback. That's that's a loss. Until they trade Sertan for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and- no, the, I'll, <laughs> I'll agree. It's not that they're out of the market. It's not that they're out of the market for Rodgers. But right. once they made that pick at nine overall, it definitely the, the odds went the down. odds the, the odds, odds went, went down. down. Um, you, I mean, you need it. 
I, I agree with you. I think that the Broncos are a really, at minimum, a, a good playoff team with Rodgers. That's another loser, the Packers. Eric Stokes is not that good. He's got, he's got speed. That's all about all the nice things I have to say about Eric That's Stokes. You, you guys said you, w- you wouldn't pick Jacksonville to be a loser because they took you know, a, per- a potentially perennial quarterback talent. I am absolutely going to say, why in the hell did you pick Travis Etienne? That makes no goddamn sense. That makes no sense. You have James Robinson, who you have making basically no money. They added Carlos Hyde. So they had depth at running backs. Not like they didn't have any running backs. That yeah. makes that pig makes literally no sense. You had so many other needs. You needed a tackle. You needed a secondary. I said they should have picked Trayvon Merrick. Like, what in the hell were you doing at, at that pick? That is, yeah. that is a loss of a pick. That is a wasted draft pick. I think we all feel the same way about him too. Where it's like it's not it's not a problem with ETN. Like ETN might go out and run yeah, for twelve hundred no, yards. I have no problem with ETN. Yeah, he's a solid player, but it won't add anything to their team in terms of value. Yeah, I just don't think you can call a first round where you get Trevor Lawrence an L. I I just don't like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think the pick, the pick <laughs> yeah, is no, a, the, it's fair. In a vacuum, that's the worst pick of the draft. I think. I would agree that pick is the worst, but I don't think the Jaguars are coming out of this draft feeling like, whoa, we suck. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I can't yeah. I can't imagine. Well, we'll I think the Giants the round, getting but. Tony is also a little bit of a loss just because, you know, Daniel Jones it's is another guy. You know, Daniel Jones is another guy under constant duress last year, much like Burrow was, except they made their move for a wide receiver already this offseason in Galladay. And, you know, their tackles, they've got, sure, they've got Andrew Thomas, who came into his own at the end of last year. Like he started a little bit rough, but he's a rookie at coming off a season with no training camp, but he wasn't all that bad at the end, but they still could have used a, another tackle. And uh, yeah, I like Tony a lot, but again, w- building these crazy wide receiving cores, well, ignoring the trenches, they lost Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, Blake Martinez is a solid linebacker, but they could have used another one there. Adoree Jackson, like they could have used a corner because Adoree Jackson probably isn't the answer. So I would say the Giants are another one. Like I know the Bengals are the ones who get the most like, oh, why didn't they draft a tackle? Why did they draft a wide receiver instead? I feel like the Giants kind of took that L a little bit harder than, uh, than the Bengals did. Well, I think that pretty much wraps things up on our end. I, I would like to thank, you know, everybody for listening. This is our, you know, first time doing a second episode this week. So that's really cool. But before we before we go, let's take care of a little bit of business. So obviously, guys, don't forget to rate and review the show. And speaking of reviews, we will actually be reading some of your reviews on the show from time to time. Like this one from Crack B. Five-star rating. We love those. Uh, the subject is Spawn Hour Dumb. And he says... Please make them seven times a week. I don't think that's necessarily feasible. I don't think he missed there. Spawn our dumb. Make these seven times a week. He's two for two. You must have meant to type your name, man. But I guess I'll I guess I'll read one more from D dot Lou forty four. Another five star rating. He says, Matt, do a corn review. Thoughts? Not gonna happen. I'm out of the corn review game. I've been out of the corn review game for a while. Um, do, Matt, Matt's not a man of the people. You heard it here first. It got to the point where, you know, friends of friends were getting corn review requests. People who, you know, <laughs> I was barely, you know, acquaintances <laughs> with. Just look at their comments. It was tearing your life apart. Yeah, it's just, there's no break from it. You know, I go to sleep, I dream of corn, I wake up in a sweat. It's just, 
it got to be too much. So, so you're reviewing this, you're giving the corn a low grade here, correct? I'm not reviewing corn anymore. I'm out of the game. I told I you. I think that was a review and Matt, you gave Matt corn. is not a man of the people. <laughs> Matt gave a corn review review and gave it a low grade. Maybe it'll come back at some point, <laughs> but be sure to spam reviews. him extra with corn <laughs> review reviews in the future and tell everyone <laughs> you're a bad person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps things up for round one of the draft. We'll be talking about round two, round three, maybe some more analysis on round one next Tuesday and to leave you off uh, this is a song that my my dad's dad band wrote in 2012 called Draft They Wonder and uh, gotta give them a little shout out by making that the bumper music here so see you next week I'm on the clock Baby, oh